Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrier. And we're not experts. We're not. We're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Uh, You can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mentioned on the show. You can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast. You can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. You can shop our favorite products at shopmy.us slash forever35. And you can also sign up for the Forever 35 newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. And if you want to reach us, we have a voicemail and text number 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And I actually, on that note, would like to make an ask. 
if I may, of our listeners, if you are listening. In January, we will be celebrating five years of making this podcast, which is an absurdly long time. An absurdly long time. Right? Yeah, that is wild. So if you are so inclined, if you're a listener of this podcast, if you have listened once in the last five years or many times in the last five years, and you have a favorite moment, a favorite product recommendation, guest, conversation, quip, adoryism, what have you. Akadism. I, I feel like I have a few, but you really come in hot with the lines. Do with I? the moans and the groans. Yes, you've got so many like <laughs> witty sayings that are yours. I feel like mine are just stolen from pop culture. You know, I'm always going, really? my wife. Yeah, I'm always referencing the <laughs> Borat movie. You have never said that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, I was just hoping that if, if you have a moment, listeners, if you could text or call or email or voice memo us with anything that you have enjoyed or anything that's made you chuckle or think over the last five years so we could put together a little retrospective. That is really going to be fun. Just to remember, remember the times. Remember the times. I mean, remember when we recorded this podcast in person and then remember when uh, we had to stop because there was a pandemic, which there still is. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, we've been through a lot. Kate. We have been through it. A child has been born. A child has been born. You know, sometimes <laughs> thinking of guests that we've had on, in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, they were just on like a year ago. And then I'm like, oh, wait, we recorded with them in person. So like <gasps> the oh, absolute... Yeah latest they could have been on is like february 2020 <laughs> so and then it's yes. usually like oh we had them on in 2019 or like it's oh it's been a it's been a minute it's been a it's beat. weird it's weird how yeah it's weird how that um how time just gets sort of flattened in that way it is weird. I have that experience when I go on our website to look something up and I scroll through all the episode recaps and I see all the guests mm. we've talked to. And it's like mm-hmm. a who's who of amazing people. And I'm just like, I have this moment of like, oh my gosh, we're so lucky. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I, not to tune our totally. words, but like, I'm really proud of the work we do. And I'm really honored that we get to talk to those people and our listeners. I include you all amongst that group. Toot toot. Toot toot. I mean, we've talked to somebody who puts serums on their butts. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that that is going to be coming up soon. So please reach out to us. Okay, we also have an update on our giving circle, which I mean, you all just crushed it as we've mentioned and hello we flipped the pennsylvania house senate legislature we flipped we flipped the we flipped the pennsylvania legislature which like no one thought was going to happen this year everyone was like maybe 2024 but i'm just going to credit the work of forever 35 podcast listeners in flipping that legislature but Dory. here's the problem oh. <laughs> 
Dory, wait, quick, quick question, Dory, for someone who yes. let's say just tuned into this podcast for the first time today, what is our giving mm-hmm. circle? Our giving circle is run through an organization called the States Project, whose explicit goal is to hold Democratic state legislatures or, as the case may be, flip them or, you know, build more of a majority. Um, And everything is at the state level. So, you know, and, and not not like governorships or secretary, it's just state legislatures. The idea being that this is where a lot of the actual shit goes down. Like those abortion bans, those are done at the state level. So the idea of these giving circles is that people raise money for these state races that often get overlooked. And they're not, we're not like, propping up one specific candidate we're giving money to help democratic candidates in certain battleground states get elected to the state legislature and we selected pennsylvania as the state that was going to be the recipient of all the money that we raised we raised over fifty thousand dollars i mean which is what which is amazing um, and, you know, the States Project put that money to, like, really freaking good use in Pennsylvania. They were able to, like, hire people. To, they were able to knock on over a million doors. Like, it made a difference. I think that's the most amazing thing is, like, the efforts paid off. Like, we see yeah. that the efforts paid off. It's very yeah. cool. Now, you may be wondering, Dory, where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm not. Here's where I'm going. Someone with might this. be. Okay. So, unfortunately, the game is not over yet. Pennsylvania, that sneaky, sneaky little commonwealth, is holding three upcoming special elections that are going to determine control of the chamber. And we need to hold these seats. Period. End of story. If we lose any of these seats, Republicans are going to have a majority in Harrisburg. Like, this is a very tenuous majority that we have here. As I said before, no one thought that we were going to have the majority. So, like, just the fact that we have it is amazing. But, like, now we got to keep it. So, the States Project team is working very closely with their Pennsylvania partners to make sure we hold the chamber. And We don't know exactly what the candidates for these seats are going to be, but we do know that the special elections are going to happen in the first quarter of 2023, which is right around the corner. Yeah, it's lurking. And, you know, I think the thing about special elections is like people don't vote in them. They're very, they tend to be very low turnout elections. So it's basically like, Whoever can get out the most votes is probably going to win. So, you know, these districts are heavily Democratic, but like anything could happen. And we think that the races are going to be very heavily contested because the margins in the chamber are so close. So, in other in other words, <laughs> we are raising money for these special elections now. Now, a lot of you were amazing and 
did recurring donations in our giving circle, which is the best. Thank you so much. If you maybe made a one-time donation or you didn't donate at all and you're like, oh, shoot, I meant to do that. Now is the time. Get on in there. Get on over to our giving circle. We'll post the link in the show notes. And any amount helps. Literally any amount. A dollar. A dollar helps. If you can give more than a dollar, great. But if you can't, you can't. Now, Kate and I donated um, money to our initial effort. And we're going to donate additional money to this effort. And we'll match the first $1,000 of donations to the special election giving circle. So your money is doubled, do as, Let's as, do as they like to say on the NPR pledge drives. <laughs> oh, um, I love an NPR pledge drive. We're doing a giving circle pledge drive. There That's we go. essentially what we're doing. Mm, just you and me, two Terry Grosses just doing a pledge drive. Yep. yep. Look at us. <sighs> Kate, is there anything else about the Giving Circle that I missed? No, I think you nailed it. It's been such a wonderful experience. We're so grateful to Melissa Walker and her team for helping helping for navigating this with us and, and being such an incredible group of people to work with. They are doing amazing stuff over there. Um, we're so proud to be working with them. And and if you know, we might have we'll try to get you as much information as we can as as we learn it too about these uh PA elections. All right. Kate, you have a prod mm. rack. Okay, so yesterday you and I and some friends gathered to write together, some writer friends. Mm-hmm. And I put on a touch of makeup. I just felt Kind of like how you put on jeans when you're like, I th- I'm leaving the house. I think I'm going to put on some jeans, which I also did yesterday. I put on some makeup. And I grabbed this thing that's, that Pixie sent to us that was sitting in my little dr- drawer by my very cluttered bathroom counter. And I was like, all right, this stuff, I'll just throw this on. And I was reminded how much I like it. And I just wanted to give it a little mm. holler. Uh, and I will tell you, I'll tell you what I put on the rest of my face, just if anyone's curious, because I, it was fun to be like, oh, I remember, I'm going to put this on. Like, this is what, okay, I like this. This feels good. Mm. Hmm. You know, you know how sometimes you're just like, I don't know, it's just fun to kind of like revisit things that have been sitting there forever that you forget that you own. Yeah, it's essentially like totally. I'm saying, I shopped my closet, but what I did instead of my closet was I shopped my skincare. Okay. I put on the tinted face oil by Kosas, which I like had put on a ton of Oak Essentials face oil first. And then I was like, oh, I'll put some, some of this on. It's like a very light skin tint, but it's also an oil. Okay. Threw that on. Then I smeared some of that Jones Road uh, balm all over my cheeks. That's not the name. Okay. Let me get the name right. The, the Jones Road Miracle Balm. I kind of smeared that on my cheeks. Then I gave myself some Jones Road mascara because that was sitting there. And then mm. the star of the show was this Pixie and Hello Kitty lip tone. It's called a reactive tint, Dory. It goes on clear, Ooh. but then it kind of 
turns into a shade on your lips. Like it like adjusts to your own lip color and kind of enhances it. But so I've used it that way. But then what I did was I wore it on top. I had like thrown on a lipstick and then I put this on top and it changed. It like enhanced the color of the lipstick and provided like a delightful gloss. And it was very like it felt really good. And I'm looking here. It says it has rose, rose seed hip oil and mango seed butter and tangerine peel oil. And it was, it felt very mm. nourishing. So I was pleasantly surprised. And I was just reminded of like, what a great little workhorse this is. And I think Pixie only, this is only a Pixie and Hello Kitty collab product. You can get it at Target. It's there. But I just wanted to, to draw some eyes to it. It's a good one. It's sitting there on a shelf flying under the radar right now. I Yeah, I liked all of the... I think they sent us a bunch of that Hello Kitty collab, and I liked all they of sure it. They sure did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. And, you know, it reminded me, too, of kind of like the glossy days of the early aughts. Remember how glossy our lips were in like 2002 and three? Well, do you remember MAC, the lip glass? I don't think I owned it. Hold on, oh, Mac. I owned it. Glass. Okay, tell me about it. It <laughs> First of all, it was so sticky. It was like putting rubber cement on your lips. <laughs> it's, it's just like <laughs> it was so sticky. Like you it was it was like it was gross. It but it it was that look. It was that super 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 high gloss look. I had it in clear, so you could like put it mm. over anything. And then I think I had it in a color also. <sighs> I mean, is that yeah, cool they, again, that look? I wonder if they still make it. Mac it's lip called Mac glass. Lip Oh, yeah, glass. they do. They still make it. And here they have the clear. Oh, maybe so, you might bring it back. <laughs> maybe. A unique clear lip gloss that can, that can create a glass-like finish or a subtle sheen. I found it very not subtle. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's like a good product if that's what you're looking for. But it was I found it very shiny. Well, and it was sticky. I rem- I mean, I I don't know and if I sticky. used this exact product, but it was like our lips were like fly paper. Like they could attract literally yes. like bugs could stick on them and die. <laughs> yes, that is such a good way to describe it. That's 100% what it was like. It was like. such like a tacky, like you said, the rubber cement tacky. feeling. It was tacky. It and was we don't mean tacky. tacky. We mean the actual texture, the feeling, not the description of the adjective. Yes, yes, yes. That, yes. Yes, yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you. Yes, yes. Now, I just wanted to also, while we're having a little bit of like a reminisce fest, did you use Duop's Lip Venom? Because I remember this was oh, like a 2004 or 5 product. My gosh, uh, I have uh-huh. not thought about that in so long. But yes, I did. It would like tingle your lips and essentially claimed to plump them up and give them yes. quote bee bee sting lips. Bee stung lips. That's right. I rem- I can like still kind of taste the flavor of that lip venom. Mm. Ah, well, Kate, we mm. need to take a break, but before we do that, let's introduce our guest. I mean, I know <laughs> I know that saying someone is an iconic guest has become kind of a joke since Z-Way 
says that. But we truly had an iconic guest on this week. We did. This was wild for me in terms of someone who grew up in the 80s and also you. Our guest today is Paulina Poroskova. I mean, do you know who that is, listeners? Are you dying? (laughs) Paulina. First Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue cover was in 1984. Yes, she was the face of Estee Lauder. She was one of the highest paid models in the world. And yes, you probably know that when she was 19, she fell in love with Rick Ocasek, the frontman of the cars. And they had also an iconic relationship. Uh, we were married. She experienced motherhood. She wrote a novel. He was 40 when they met. And most recently, uh, in the last few years, they separated and he passed and she experienced a deep betrayal in which she discovered in that moment that she had been um, removed from his will. And she has written about it in an incredible memoir called No Filter, um, which we both had the pleasure of reading. And she was just a really open vulnerable guest it was fascinating Mm -hmm. to talk to her it was so fascinating so her book which is out now is called no filter the good the bad and the beautiful it's a book of essays um about grief about anxiety about her experience as a model misogyny sexual harassment um love relationships beauty participating in the beauty industry i mean it's just fascinating she has seen some shit yeah, she has she has seen some shit, and like the the eras that she experienced as a supermodel. I, I mean, she's just she, it was very interesting to talk to her. Very interesting. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we will be joined by Paulina Poritskova. <laughs> I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. 
get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology 
that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite honey love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. We both loved your book. Uh, I was yeah, telling really Jory, did. I was, cr- was crying. I was just, I was having so many feelings. It's really lovely. It's such a great book. It was a great oh, read. Thank you. So many feelings. That, that, that hits me right where I choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I, I, your vulnerability throughout the book is, and, and also in your public life. And I know you talk about this with it's social, but it's much appreciated to get started. We love to ask our guests about a self-care practice that they have in their own life. So is there one that you would be willing to share with us and our listeners? Something that brings you calm, joy, or just something you do on a regular basis that you really rely on to get through the day? Um, I think, well, there are two things, actually. One, probably the the most self-caring thing that I do and have done since I was probably five years old is reading. That to me feels like self-care. It's always like a slight luxury to me to to mm-hmm. read. So I it's like I never see it as a, you know, something that I'm doing that's good for me, like, a, you know, brain-wise or studying. I just love reading so much. And I read, if I have the time, I read in the morning. When I wake up a little too early, I read and it'll sometimes, you know, put me back to sleep for a little while. I always read before I go to sleep. I can't, I don't think I can go to sleep without reading a book. Um, and so it, books to me is like my, my favorite. It's a, it's my escape. It's my escape from, you know, when I'm feeling sad or overwhelmed or lonely, I can always escape into books. And so that's like my biggest self-care. Plus I learned something, you know? about the world about some about something else um so that's one thing that i really love and then i guess another self-care thing that i only started doing fairly recently that has really sort of saved my life to some extent is meditation um and i used to make fun of meditation and i used to make fun of people that meditate it was almost like sort of a religious adherence to like you must meditate in order to make your life worthwhile and so i resisted it 
because that's what I do. <laughs> I just need to rebel. Um, until I got so, you know, until I was so messed up um, and so in such a dark space, I thought, you know, I just, I, I tried everything else. So I'm going to try this meditation thing too. Fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that it is actually something that is really good for you that it, it's it got me through some really dark times and so that's my other self-care so you you know you you talk a lot in the book about your experience of grief um which we will get all into but you also talk about suffering from anxiety and panic attacks your whole life was the meditation um in relation to either of those things or something else uh, that was going on or was it kind of just the cumulative effect of life that you were looking for something to really looking no, for a remedy or a tool that's that's a really good question and i would have to say i think it was it was one of those like you know perfect storm things where i was just so out of other options and sure anxiety and and anxiety attacks and i've been told my entire life that i should meditate because of anxiety and um, and my panic attacks. And I've been told that I should do yoga. And I've been told many uh, things that I should do. And then I would try them out in intervals and go, well, this is boring. Um, and, and then fall off the wagon and not really do it because I, I didn't really enjoy it all that much. And with meditation, I really had to learn. See, there's people that um, there's a lot of meditation that, that's taught to you by breathing. And for me, breathing is panic attacks. Mm -hmm. That's how I get myself out of a panic attack, panic attack by breathing, by paying attention to my breathing. So oddly enough, when I tried meditation with the breathing techniques, it would put me into a panic attack because my body mm -hmm. muscle memory would respond to it as though I was in panic. So it wasn't working for me at all. Yeah. And, 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 and I tried it for years and I kept thinking, well, this meditation thing just sucks. I mean, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it wasn't until I took a meditation class. Actually, I think it was like, uh, you know, Kenyan Ranch or something fancy. But, um, we sat around and they told us to breathe and like breathing and a great panic attack. And the teacher said, so, you know, how did you all feel? And some people were like, I was bored. Like my brain was wandering and I said, well, I just got a panic attack uh, because of the breathing. And she went, well, that's easy. Don't do the breathing stuff. Why don't you just sit and listen? Listen for noise. Take the noise in and let it go away. Like, why don't you just do that? And that, that changed my life. That's what like finally I was able to take in the meditation practice. But whenever I do it with like, uh, you know, any visual visualization meditation where they tell you to breathe. I'm like, la, 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 and hear you until you get to the good parts. When in your, when in your day do you meditate and how long do you meditate for? Well, for in the last year, because I was pretty rickety, um, I, I, I started off doing like an hour a day and I would do an hour a day. Wow. Like, yeah, religiously for like seven or eight months. Um, and now I feel like, you know, I'm feeling a lot better about life. I'm feeling better about myself. And so sometimes I just do five minutes. It's enough. Sometimes it's enough to just, you know, give me a little breather and, uh, and, and kind of sent, oh God, I hate what it, I sound like such a cliche. It centers me. 
Um, <laughs> it centers me. So like, I'm like, you know, two and a half minutes is good. If, there, if you have, if nothing else, you know, and I can, now I can meditate can do a little meditation, you know, while sitting in a car or on yeah. a train, you know, just close my eyes, listen, listen for sounds, let them pass. And voila, bingo. I'm centered. <laughs> You're done. Mm. Uh-huh. Everything's fixed. That's right. The world's a better place. <laughs> so we we both uh, really loved reading your book. And I guess a good place to start is kind of where you begin your story uh, in, in being recognized as the crying lady on Instagram, which I thought was a very, a very funny anecdote. Um, but throughout the book, you talk a lot about your own childhood and becoming a model, um, but also it's time before becoming a model, which was fascinating. I didn't know your life story in that way. Um, and you have this wonderful quote where you said, just as when I was a child, I discovered that when I was the most seen, I felt the least heard. And this seems to be a theme that comes up throughout your life and is something that you've kind of um, in recent years really, really changed. Um, so I think we would both love to know just about your experience with finding your authentic voice and how that has kind of transformed you in the last last few years of your life. Well, see, here's the great misconception is that I found my authentic voice as though I didn't have one before. Oh, this is a good point because you talk about this too. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. It's okay. not that I didn't have a voice. It's just that nobody cared to listen. My authentic voice was buried underneath all of other people's assumptions. It had nothing to do with me being authentic or inauthentic or anything. It's just that, you know, I was looked at. I was seen as, you know, there was a there was a Paulina-shaped space wherever I was that was clearly seen, uh, but nobody really cared to listen. I guess I didn't seem interesting enough to be listened to. What do you think changed? I got older and my husband died. Wee! Fun. Uh, yeah, yes, I am being a little sarcastic here um tragedy humanizes one you know and the fact that i now no longer am seen necessarily as in my prime which i'm told repeatedly you're no longer in your prime and i'm like well i think i am so Mm. fine you can think whatever you whatever you think but i think i'm in my prime um but that i i really think that Unfortunately, the tragedy of my husband, and unfortunately, I think that that's what humanized me enough to people to start um, paying attention to what I said. It's like, oh, look, this enchanted life can also have cracks, can also have problems. Um, And I think once people tuned in, once people gave me a chance, then they realized that, yeah, I'm, I'm human, just like all of us right and 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 as for being authentic i've always been the same freaking person i am i mean as far as being honest and as far as being authentic um i'm way smarter now and i have a lot more to say and i'm better at saying it but um you know i've never i've never been anybody else i've always been this this person I want to ask you, uh, you, you know, you mentioned your husband's death and this is this theme of betrayal and grief 
is one that kind of runs throughout the entire book. Um, and you write very eloquently and honestly about the betrayal you felt from your husband who surprised you after his death with a will that you were not aware of, um, that basically cut you out and said that you had abandoned him. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you have reconciled betrayal and grief and did writing this book help bring about any kind of healing for you? All right. So that's kind of a multifold question there. Um, Reconciling grief, I don't think is possible. I think you just grieve. You grieve Mm -hmm. and there is a stage of acute grief where you can do nothing else. And then there's a stage of grief where I am now, which um, is going to make me um, get teary eyed right now. Just thinking about my husband and thinking about time past Um, that I don't, I don't know how long that takes to go away, but there's no way to reconcile with grief. There's only living through it, chewing your way through it. You know, Mm -hmm. at first it's really chewy and then it gets a little bit easier to swallow. Uh, But that's grief. Anger? Anger is a different beast. Uh, it's on the same side of bad as grief, unfortunately. So the two of them together were not the world's best combination. Um, but the anger, because I can't, because I can't talk to my husband and I can't ask him why and what mm-hmm. possessed him, and I can't get, I can't get answers. So um, the way to reconcile with that, I, I, I think, for me at least, is gratitude. Gratitude for the love that we had. Gratitude for the wonderful times that we had, for the love I had. As, as much as it went to shit, mm. there was years and years and years of kind of love that I really needed and wanted. And I think being grateful for that allows me to um, not be so angry anymore, you know? And then there is the, wait, and then there was a, what was the end part of that question? Sorry, well, I was just wondering, I guess I'm just wondering more like how if writing this book oh, that's right. helped bring about any kind of healing for you. Um, yeah. So the thing about the writing the book, A, it was written in three months. I had a super tightest deadline of all time. So it, unfortunately, all, everything that I write about was like, it was all stacked up to my chin. You know, mm. it was, it was, it was like the pages were all just already stacked up in me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like a copy machine. It was just, you know, it was just coming yeah. out one one after another. Um, so talking about my grief, talking about the shock of finding him dead, talking about the betrayal and, and how hurt I was, and even about my heartbreak of this man that I fell in love with that left me at the world's best moment. Um, uh, that wasn't, 
that, that oddly enough, that's not that was not what was cathartic. Uh, what was was the hardest essay that I wrote, which was falling in love and going back to how I felt about my husband when I first met him mm-hmm. and how much in love I was with him and how much he meant to me and sort of trying to pull the reader into, um, you know, why, why, why was I with this man for such a long time? And, and uh, why did I love him so much? Even though some people now say, well, it sounds like you had the, you know, a horrible toxic relationship. And you think, Mm. no, no, the marriage eventually turned toxic as marriages that don't work will. But first there were years and years of love. And that I think is what allowed the gratitude to come Mm. to, to lessen my anger. So yes, that, that was the cathartic part, not to let the bad stuff out, but to let the good stuff in. Mm. I love how you are describing this. Um, the, the idea that gratitude is the kind of antidote to anger, but not how you never, it never sounds like you were forcing gratitude because I, I, I found in my own experience when I do that, it, it doesn't have this kind of positive impact, but it sounds like it was so, it was organically part of your experience. And I just find that really moving. Yeah. Cause you know, everybody says forgiveness, forgiveness and compassion. I couldn't muster forgiveness and I couldn't muster compassion. I, I couldn't do it. Um, I-, I didn't know how, and I'm not even that sure that I've forgiven yet. And I don't think that I even need to necessarily forgive. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, you know what? It, it was a, terrible idea that that messed up a lot of people not just yeah. me. messed up our family it did it did a lot of bad to a lot of other people who loved my husband and it wasn't fair um but but again to just repeat myself being able to writing about the you know remembering the good times and why it was so good and what was my part in, you know, in, in, in needing to be loved in this way and what did it do for me sort of allowed the gratitude to filter in. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed, They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science 
to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Okay, we're back. You have this really lovely chapter called Nude Not Naked, mm. talking about the difference between being the two and the ways in which we're kind of, um, especially Americans, are conditioned to believe that to be to be either is to to instill a great uh, deal of anxiety upon ourselves. Can, can you talk about kind of break down the difference for our listeners and kind of share your point of view um, and, and what you kind of talk about in that chapter about... Uh, being seen and being comfortable in your own, not even just comfortable, at ease and, and powerful in your body. Well, that was a gift from Sweden. Mm, so, yeah. of course, this was, you know, uh, this was fortuitous for me. But I, as you know, reading the book uh, from the age of nine to the age of 15, I grew up in Sweden. And it turns out it's, you know, this is kind of when you're coming into your sexuality as, as, as a young woman. Um, and it was the best time ever to be growing up in Sweden in the late 1970s, one of the most gender equal countries in the world where girls' bodies belonged to themselves. And you never felt like you were a victim because you had full choice of what to do with yourself, you know? Um, it's amazing what happens to women when we feel like we get to make the choices and the choices of, of, of partners, say of romantic partners, the choice of what we, where we want to go, what we want to do, when we want to bear children, when all of those choices are, are yours, it really sort of, it makes you believe in your femininity in a much different way. I thought I was super powerful because I was a woman. This is what I learned in Sweden. I'm as good as any man, but I can also carry a child when I feel like it. So that put me a step above. 
you know, and, and I, I remember in like, you know, when I was a kid in Swedish nightclubs, um, it was the girls that would make the choices of dance partners. The boys would line the walls and the girls would go and, and, and pick the guy and they go, okay, you. And the guy would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And all the other guys are going like, woo, woo, you know, lucky you, lucky you. Um, and it just instills a different kind of a it's a it's a different kind of a moral code about who you are as a woman so and of course in in Sweden also nudity was a, it's a healthy great thing sex was discussed very frankly in school i think grade 4 we had sex ed and we were taught about masturbation and we were told it's a really good thing to do like figure this out and go off and have fun you kids like this is healthy for you um it wasn't just stds it was like no this is your body and like you can use it and you can have fun with it um you know there's like nivea ads for just whatever bland creams fully naked in magazines and on tv like nobody thought of as of an unclothed human body as something that was shameful there was no shame attached there was no shame attached to a woman wanting to have sex there was no shame attached to a woman choosing her partner there was no shame in a woman revealing her body the way a man always has so with that with that history of growing up i then moved to france where everything turned upside down and I went, Oh wait, Oh no, Oh, this is, it works totally differently here. Um, and in France it was, it was far more about the sexual mystique, you know, that, mm. uh, keeping things covered was sexier. Um, uh, not, you know, being fully naked was fine. It was acceptable. Nobody would really frown, but they would go, that's not sexy. That's just, you know, that's kind of like athletic. And again, Europe had a much better uh, or much different take on on what nudity and being naked is. And then I came to America and whoa, things certainly changed. It's like, oh, here being naked was shameful. It was bad. You don't you don't show off your body because your body is really for your man. It's not your own. Uh, you know, it's, it's for your husband, your uterus belongs to the government and, um, you know, and, the, and, and, and the rest of you belongs to your social groups. I mean, just like new rules, I had to learn a lot of new rules. And though I obey them and I follow them, that's not how I was raised. And therefore to me, I still cannot seem to see nudity and sex as a bad and dirty, shameful thing. I think it's great. It's a very long answer and, to a short question. Oh, Sorry. No. <laughs> I want to clap, stand up and applaud. In one of your early chapters, you write about how I can't, it was one of your first photo shoots and the photographer put his penis on your shoulder. Oh, yeah. um, and you know, I'm wondering if you have thoughts on whether the Me Too movement actually has affected the modeling industry in any way. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, it's a completely different ballgame now. Now, mind you, even though I've done a couple of campaigns in modeling, you know, I used to work 
probably 250 days out of the year. And this year I've had six jobs. So it's much different from, mm-hmm. you know, when I was actually a full-time sure. mom. Um, and also I'm a woman. So, you know, nobody's going to do anything to me anymore. But so, so I'm not, I'm not super well equipped in talking about today's modeling because yeah. I'm not really a part of it. Um, but what I do know is that because, and again, the goods and the, the, the good and the bad of social media, right? The, the models that get booked today are models that have the most Instagram followers. Mm. And if a photographer puts a penis on her shoulder, guess what? She will have millions of followers that she can announce this to. She has a mm. voice that we never had. And that does keep you safe to a certain extent. You just can't, you're not, you can't do the kind of stuff that that was okay uh you know in the dark and with silence there's no more silence i just wanted to note this isn't really a question more just as a thank you but your chapter on height i'm a fellow tall person i'm five foot ten yeah and it was the first time i've ever read the way i have always felt as a tall person Uh, like i've seen it put into words uh, and you talk about the connection between height and femininity and how you kind of grew up. You said that they could, you grew up believing when you were younger that they couldn't coexist. Mm-hmm. And, and this idea of diminishing your physical stature. I mean, I, I was, it, it really rocked me because I, this, it just connected with how I have always felt and have been working to kind of, eliminate from my headspace this this feeling about my height um i was i I don't know any other yourself right sorry of of diminishing yourself of being a little less this 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 my whole life yeah yeah because you can't you can't like being a little less intelligent or a little less something else doesn't show quite as as obviously so yeah so we diminish ourselves like stats you know what do you, whatever you call it, phys- physically. Um, I'm so happy. It's like I know that essay was written for the tall girls because the short girls are like, I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, it's this this idea of like, oh, you must love being tall. And I, and I have tall daughters, and I love that you talk about your son getting approached about playing basketball because it's the same thing with me and the same thing with my kids. But the perception of what it means to be tall versus what my lived experience has been has always made me feel like I've missed something. And I just was so grateful that you put that into words so beautifully. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, um, that was because it was a, it was a big thing in, in my life. It was that, that moment when that actor said, don't diminish yourself for me. And I realized Mm. in a flash, I was like, wait, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. And then how messed up is that? Is that I'm diminishing myself for myself. I mean, Mm. that's, you know, that's in in some way even worse. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it's like, it's it's so sweet because I have a lot of, there's women that have been reading my book and they will come with like their little underlined, you know, like this really resonated with me and this really resonated with me. And, and it's all from all over the book. And you're the first one that has referred to the height. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, I'll show you my own highlights with a heart because I was like, oh my God, this is my tall, the tall experience. Finally, it's captured. So there, I'm glad oh to be the gosh. first. I'm very proud. I won't be the last, I'm sure. Well, I hope there's some other tall girls that read the book and then they can feel good about their height too. Yes, calling all tall. We, we sort of invade <laughs> the main domain with our height. And everybody else thinks, see, it's again, it's like being seen as pretty or being rich. Height is seen as like, well, you know, it, aren't you so excited that you're tall? It's like, well, it does have its drawbacks. It does. I can, I can vouch for that. Thank you. Um, I, you very honestly talk about your participation in beauty culture, which is something we hash out a lot here on the show. I mean, not just like being in the fashion industry for yourself, but like still going and buying a cream, even though you're like, I know this is not. I know it's not going to work. Right. right but like 250 <laughs> bucks on it. But still. Uh, so I guess I, so I have two questions for you. Um, one is like, where are you with that? Like, is, are you just at a point of acceptance of just like, yeah, I am going to buy the creams. Like that's, that's kind of personally where I am right now at my age. But, uh, and two, we always love asking guests for skincare product recommendations. So if you do have creams or anything else that you want to share with our listeners, we still love to hear it. So the one cream that will totally give you a, a full facelift is non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like, I know I shouldn't want this. Yeah, and, and I'm totally just... writing it down right now. But I doesn't like... exist, ladies. Doesn't exist. Oh, thank you. Cannot, it, Shout it, it from the not... rooftops. Uh huh. Well, for at least for the time being, it sure as hell doesn't exist. Um. So first, I'm going to admit to yeah, I'm the Dumbo that will still buy every new cream on the market that says it's new technology. And it's going to do amazing new things to your skin. And yes, I will try out every gadget and every gizmo. Um, because why? I I don't even really. It's like, why? I guess I'm hoping that um, that somehow it will do just that tiny, tiny little bit that's going to make me feel better about my about my aging, even though. I really am proud of aging and I'm really proud of my age. Um, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't love to have just a tiny bit less forehead wrinkles. But again, I don't want to Botox on the way because I really do love how much I can express with my face. And I feel like, you know, like now is finally the time where I get to speak. I get to be heard mm. and my face can carry so much of the conversation for me without even forming words. You know, it's such a gift to be able to use your face to express yourself, to connect. Um, and so I don't want to kill that. I don't want to erase that, even though Botox make you, makes you look prettier. It, it does. But I don't want to exchange prettiness for connection. Um, so I'm hoping that there's, yeah, that somehow I will somehow fall upon a cream that will... <laughs> Make me the tiny, tiny bit prettier without the actual, you know, uh, deadening of 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 expressions. Um. So yeah, I'm, I I've, I I know I'm going to keep on doing it, and I think I just have to. Yeah, I have to. Like this is self acceptance. Yeah. 
yes, I will keep on doing it. I will buy the cream and that cool bottle that tells me somehow something is going to improve, even though I very well know that it won't. Uh, hope, hope is a hope is enough. I mean, hope is worth putting out money for, right? Because that's what we're buying. We're buying hope in a bottle that will then be um, thwarted. But but the little the what you got for it is that little spark of hope. That's what you've paid for. And this is why I also um, like to buy, for example, creams that don't cost an arm and a leg. Um, mm because that hope can be really freaking expensive and it does only turn out to be hope. So why not make the hope a little cheaper since it all does the same thing anyway? I mean, I, there was times where I used, you know, my kid's diaper rash cream as my moisturizer it worked perfectly fine. I mean, you know, it didn't like it didn't do anything differently than the stuff that I use now. Um, so, but I really, so I really love like, um, I was, um, I was, uh, um, I did, I did sign up for this company called Beauty Pie for a while because I really oh, yeah. loved their products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not anymore, but I still use them because I can buy a lot of bottles and they're not very expensive. So I just love, like, I love having the plentitude of all these little, little colored bottles of hope you know that's and the- i don't have to i don't have to pay through the teeth for it so that's cool um the one thing that i do know actually does work it's a little late for me but um uh sun protection spf like screw botoxing your face when you're 20 because then you won't develop any character in your face but do you use spf because then mm-hmm. you know you will look a little bit less like a whatever leather handbag when you're in your 60s. Not that there's any, hey, leather handbags are very sought after and very expensive. So maybe that's a good look that we should strive (laughs) for. I'm not even being sarcastic. No, you get a nice Chanel bag face. There's nothing right? wrong with that. Wouldn't that yeah. be cool? It's like, oh my God, your, your, your bag looks like a Birkin bag. I mean, your face yeah. looks like a Birkin bag. That should be a, that should be a compliment. Well, you do say the history of your life is written in your skin. That's something that I just quoted from your book. And I do think that's a lovely way of just reevaluating how we how we view our faces. Do you do you have a, a story that you see in your own face? Like when you look at yourself, do you see your life lived? Yeah, totally. Um, I was actually just looking at myself in the mirror the other uh, the other day. And I thought, Oh, look, Look at look at what this is telling me. So you guys can see me because we are on the monitor. So see my, see the wrinkles on my forehead. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughtful ones, so maybe I didn't think very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 those are I, hopefully those They're are coming. coming. But I have a lot of surprise wrinkles. Mm. Like whoa, isn't this amazing? And I thought about that the other day. I was like, oh. The wrinkles that I have on my forehead say I have been opening my eyes wide in some sort of a happy surprise, like joy. This to me is like joyful wrinkles, like, whoa, look at that. Because see, that's how I got them. So I think those are really cool. And the cords on my neck, I've decided those I actually really like. I think those are super cool. Um, I 
don't really, I, I think you get them from holding your head up high when your head is really heavy to carry. And it just makes me look strong. Like pretty badass. I, yeah, it's badass. I've like, I've carried a lot of weight and I have this to show for it that I, that I've anchored that weight to the rest of me. I'm kind of proud of it. I think that's cool. Um, crow's feet smiling, of course, Yeah, smiling and, and yeah. Okay. Fine. Squinting. Cause I'm really nearsighted. Um, but you know, that's a part of it. It's like, I'm a reader. I squint. That's, that's okay. Mm, these guys over here on the sides of my cheeks, not sure where they are from. And I don't love those because I can't figure out where they came from. That's like Where's a it? smile, maybe a smile, laugh line. Yeah. Is it laugh? Is it sure. laugh? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, the wrinkles on my face seem like I've had a kind of a joyful life. Yeah. That's nice, isn't it? That's very nice. And yeah. it's not entirely true, but. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a good story, though. It's a good story. It's, you can tell yourself. Yeah, I'm totally going with the story of it. Yeah. Uh, Paulina, this has just been so lovely to get to talk to you. Um, no filter is your book and your most recent book. It's their memoir and it's out now. Where else can our listeners find you or hear from you or find your work? Uh, well, I mean, this book is also an audible narrated mm. by me, which was really fun to do. I was like, Oh, I get to read my book the way that I meant it to be read. But yeah. then I listened back to it and thought, God damn it, I could have done it better. So um, always, <laughs> all, always my own worst critic. Um, there, I have, there's a novel that I wrote about 14 or 15 years ago now um, called um, Model Summer, which is sort of a coming of age of a young model in Paris. Yes, it's very much of what I knew, but it's not autobiographical. I think that it really confuses people, including my friends that would then refer to certain characters in the book. <laughs> like, so when you hung out with such and such, I'm like, hmm. dude, that's a character I made up for the story. <laughs> Thanks for giving me very little credit for any uh, kind of imagination, but okay. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, writing, uh, hopefully after the new year, I'll, I'll start writing some more, but like, that's right. I don't really know what, <sighs> What's next in my life? I have no idea. I never expected for this to happen. Never knew this year was coming up in my life. I never knew last year, but huh, the last three years have been nothing but surprising. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. not, not in the best of ways. Again, I could have, I, I'd be, I would have been fine without those surprises. Thank you very much. Um, but hey, I guess, um, that's, that's what was intended for me. So trying to remain flexible. And that's what I'm doing now. It's like, remain flexible. Don't say no to anything because you never know where the, mm -hmm. where the next thing is coming from, where the next opportunity lies, where, you know, I still keep going out on shitty dates and hope <laughs> that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to find that, that one. You're not going to find it by not doing it. Right. Yeah, that's true. We have that's talked true. about this. You're right. Mm -hmm. Like with dating, it's like you, Dory has done this in dating. You just said yes to everybody because it's, yeah. it's the only way you're going to. Well, not everybody. Okay. Not I'm sorry. Everybody sorry. You did have some. Yes. But I'm, you were open. <laughs> I've literally done everybody. I'm like one date for everybody. Second date only for those I don't hate. 
Right. And, right. Like, that's, right. and that's like my expectations are obviously fallen quite low when you go second date with those you don't hate. I'm not even mm-hmm. saying those you like. <laughs> right. Oh, it's hard out right. there. Uh-huh. This is my new, uh, my newest description of, of the dating pool for uh, uh, middle-aged women. Um, breakfast buffet at a hotel that starts at seven. Middle-aged men get let in at about nine. And middle-aged women at 10.55, five minutes before the buffet is closed. <sighs> so we get the soggy eggs, mm-hmm. the limp sausages, um, <laughs> you know, croissants are gone. Uh, there's a couple of pieces of slimy fruit. Um, they're but, changing everything over to lunch. Yeah, it's yeah, like they yeah, didn't yeah. even and leave it's, anything. Mm-hmm. There's not much for you to go on. It's like because everything good was kind of nabbed up right away. But my big hope, my big discovery is, you know those things that are good for you at a breakfast buffet, like bran muffins? They always uh, sit just like they're sitting on the side and nobody really goes for them. Maybe there's a bran muffin out there for me. <laughs> I am now looking for a brand muffin. Thank you very much. Anyone knows a single brand muffin in the New York area? The the good for you may be overlooked because they were not, you know, shiningly displayed. Yeah. But they're the ones that are open. Those are the good ones. I know those those are are the ones ones you want to keep having. Yep. (laughs) Well, Paulina, thank you again. This was really fun and wonderful to get to talk to you. Gosh, thank you so much, ladies. It was really, really fun to talk to you too. And and thank you for the really interesting and in-depth questions. It's it's so nice to like hear them from a different point of view and slightly like I really like you 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 guys had a different perspective on it than than a lot of people I've talked to. It was really fun. That's an incredible compliment. Thank you. Um, Dory, you know, one thing I didn't get to say, um, but I actually might shoot an email to her book publicist, is that one thing I found really moving about Paulina's book, and I, I found a lot of it really moving and insightful, but she writes about finding her husband, and he's and he's died, and how she handled it in those moments immediately after for her kids. And I have mm. never read uh, you know, because I, I talk a lot about losing a parent. I lost my mom, but I have never read really anything from the point of view of a of a, a person losing their spouse who then has to show up for their adult kids. And it, in the moment, gave me such a glimpse into what that experience must have been like for my mm. dad. And I and and I'm mm. embarrassed to admit this. I've like literally never thought about mm. what. It was like from his, like how he must have felt having to show up for me and my brother. I've like literally never given it much thought. I'm a shithead, but you know, anyway, so I, I just, that was something that really struck me from her writing. And I, I, the way she writes about that moment and her grief and anger, and I love what she said about forgiveness. Like, I just thought, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought she was a fantastic well well kate mm, yeah um how did how did walking go well unfortunately you know because i texted you yesterday i did my first 
I tried out the Jeff Galloway app to see if I wanted to run, walk, train for this 5K that I signed up for. The short answer is that I just want to walk it. The whole time I was, every time it was running, I was like, I hate this. And then I would walk and I'd be like, I love moving my body. So I'm just going to walk this 5K. Um, But I also was sexually harassed while I was doing this training run, walk. And so that has just left, you know just a lingering reminder of the life we lead as um, women showing up in the world. You know, a man just like pulled over on the bike path that I was on in the 10 in the morning and started hooting at me about my body. You know, fuck that guy. I'm sorry. That's okay. You know, it's happened before and it's going to happen again, Dory. That's fucking reality, but it sucks. It sucks. Um, but I am going to keep walking. I It feels great. It's cool here in LA. It just feels lovely to be outside. This week, my intention is to go fill up and add items to the little free pantry that's located uh, like a five-minute drive from my house. Um, if you're not familiar with a little free pantry, it's kind of similar along the lines of a, a neighbor, a community refrigerator. Um, it's a community pantry uh, for neighborhoods, so anyone um, can go and and give to it or take from it. Um, and the intention is to support, especially folks who are you know dealing with food scarcity or food insecurity. Mm. Um, and so I I drive by often to check on it, and I noticed there was some space on the shelves. So I'm gonna. Just try to go and see what's needed and and try to stock it up. Love that. That's so thoughtful. How about you? What are you up to? Um, well, so last week I said I was going to figure out this half marathon thing. Mm. Um, I did on your advice, I did download the Jeff <gasps> Galloway app and started oh my paying three ninety nine a month for his plans. <laughs> his okay, training. can we just have you done one because he has the a I gentle have. southern voice and then he uses yes. like royalty free music? So but you're you can, like you can use you can use your own music. I couldn't figure out how to do that with the app. Oh, I kept I'll trying to turn I'll show you Okay, how, you'll show I'll me. show you how to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you because I literally did a training run yeah. to like No. <laughs> yeah. I know I was to like, like what is this? Voiceless and then I was like beats. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, you can connect like Spotify, Apple Music, like whatever. Oh, you, whatever gosh. You okay, use. well then I want to stay with Jeff because he's just got a soothing tone. <laughs> um, so I did do uh one of his runs this week. Here's the here's my thing is like, you know, I I do really enjoy I really I've I really enjoy playing tennis, and that's kind of become like my main exercise, and it's you know, it's kind of social, it's with other people, it's outside. Like I, I, I really like it. And then I've, I've found a strength class at my gym that I like. And so this all sort of came up like at a point where I felt like I'd kind of like figured out, you know, my, like I was feeling good about my exercise situation. Um, so I don't know. I'm still a little bit on the fence. I did, I did find out that, and I don't think I knew this the last time we talked about this, but I can defer my acceptance or whatever. Um, I will have to pay again, but I get, I have a guarantee. If I, if I defer, I get a guaranteed entry to next year's New York city half. Mm. So 
that is an option um, that I am considering. I'm going to have to see how like, like I feel like the next couple of weeks are going to be kind of crucial. Like if I don't get in any of my like long runs and I, you know, I feel like it's not, it's not like next week, but it is kind of soon. Like if I'm going to do it, I need to sort of like step it up. So I, I really need to kind of have a, a, a real talk with myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I haven't figured, I haven't quite figured that out yet. This week, you know, we, uh, it's, we celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. They're around the same time this year. Hanukkah starts on December 18th. Uh, Christmas starts on December 25th, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, I don't know why I said it's that. Fair. That was weird. It's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. And we're going to be with my parents for a lot of Hanukkah, mm. which I'm excited about. And just trying to like get stuff ready for Henry and, you know, just kind of trying to get pre-holiday stuff just sort of settled. Um, make sure I have gifts for people I want to have gifts for. Like these last couple of weeks before people, LA kind of like shuts down <laughs> for two weeks. Um, I feel like are a little frantic. So yeah trying to just kind of like wrap things up and like you and I are doing a couple of extra recording. Like there's just, because I'm not going to be here. Like there's just like a lot. So trying to just sort of like keep my head above water. That's it. That's a great intention for all of us. I think this time of year is no matter if you celebrate holidays during this time or not, it's just, there's a frantic energy that comes as the, the shortest yes. day approaches, you know, like yes, I think it is totally. also the this, this seasonal, energy of the solstice <laughs> i'm into the solstice I that's agree. another podcast that's another podcast <laughs> well dory uh it was great mm. to talk to you and listeners thank you for listening friendly reminder that forever 35 is hosted and produced by dory shafrir and kate spencer and produced and edited by sam junio sammy reed is our project manager and our network partner is a cast bye Bye.